This is No Ball Podcast, a podcast where I, Scott Hill, alongside my good friend Ben Stacy, chat all things Premier and Champions League football. While we may not be experts, we do certainly know ball. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back, one and all, to another episode of No Ball Podcast. As always, I'm your host here, joined by my good friend Ben Stacy. This is season two, episode 12. We are in week three of the Premier League season. We got some transfers to go over. We got some week three results to go over. No ball certified hot takes are making a comeback here. So if you want to find us on any social media, please send in some no ball certified hot takes. We want to laugh at you, not with you, over what you think is going to happen in week four. <laughs> so wow. I'm going to send it over to Ben here. Got a question. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Is it nice to be an Arsenal fan right now? Uh, it's uh, wonderful to be an Arsenal fan right now. We're sitting top of the table, and uh, man, shitty seem to be um, pooping the bed right now against Newcastle. Um, so, you know, sitting comfortably with nine points out of three games, you know. It's just uh, another great week, too, of um, a lot of great games so far. This Sunday has been mad. Yep, definitely agree with you there. Um, we are recording in the midst of the Newcastle Man City game. It's 2-1 at half here, so we're going to be able to come back to you uh, that game, give some thoughts over what we're seeing, how we're feeling. But just to start us all off, uh, the transfer that's on everybody's mind for any number of reasons, it's going to be Casemiro to Manchester United. Um, United are continuing to poach washed-up talent from Real Madrid. I'm wondering who they're going to get next, but... I can't lie, this is a good signing in my opinion. Uh, ben, though, do you think he changes anything for this United side right now? Do you think this is the player they should have gone for? Um, I think I'm back and forth on it, honestly. He is proven and super quality in the defensive like aspect of the midfield, which what they've been lacking for a long time. Uh, he's way better than Scott McTominay, and now they can finally push Fred a little bit further to where he's you know, actually a little bit better in that aspect of pushing the ball forward. He likes to get forward. So he's going to sit right in the middle of the park. He's going to defend the um, back four. And I think he's going to do a quality job. It was just my thing is, is that he's 30. He, I think he turns 31 this year. Mm -hmm. um, just not really, I thought the profile player they truly needed as far as kind of like, you know, he's proven he's great and all, but like how many years is he really going to give you at like top quality performance? Um, there was, and I, I've said this player before, if you've listened to previous podcasts, but I, I just thought a player like Ibrahim Sangara from PSV was the better option. He, he's, a, he's younger. Ten Hag has seen him and the Eredivisie, um, and, and he's just a general beast. And, and the thing with Ibrahim Sangara is that Casemiro has never really – um, not that he's had to do this at Real Madrid and not that I, I don't think he couldn't be capable of doing this, but Ibrahim Sangara just, he's a better ball distributor. And like, as far as going forward and things like that. And I just thought like, it kind of like the, the Conte of the Eredivisie, like, I think he was more of a, an affordable option, um, for similar play. Yeah. Yeah. For a 30 year old, I mean, 60 million in a five year contract where he's probably making 300 K. That's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, there is no denying, though, that this 
is a really, really high quality, probably world-class player mm-hmm. uh, in a position that they really lack. So it's hard to call this a bad signing. Um, I yeah. do agree with you, though. He he more so kind of papers over the cracks than he does solve any sort of systematic issues. Um, they need, like you said, a better ball distributor, a better ball progressor in the midfield because McTominay's never going to do that. Um, Fred probably has it in his pocket a little better. I mean, Fred and Casemiro as a pivot is a lot more balanced than anything they've been able to put out the last few years. Definitely. But, um, yeah, like you said, just not – necessarily the player i was expecting especially they've been linked to frankie de Jong for a few months so and those two players cannot be any more different really yeah. frankie de Jong is super progressive casimir is just a, a destroyer yeah no and i honestly i think this was the better outcome because i thought the way that they were going to play frankie was going to be kind of that like holding six role and he just does not thrive in that sort of area and it would have been I felt like it would have probably ended up like another like Fred situation where they're expecting him to play a lot of defensive like roles where yeah. Frankie just isn't that's not his game and he would I think would venture out to the left and kind of try and move up and forward. But I, I think yeah again like and this is no slight to Casemiro. I just thought that they could have done better with the money they had and signed a player of like similar statistical like stature yeah whereas like but like there's no doubt that casemiro he's like you know he's a serial winner he's gonna definitely help that midfield for new like united but i just i doubt that this is just gonna be like um like a band-aid covering like a huge like infected wound you know yeah no i i agree 100 percent. it definitely seems like a signing that a team that's super close to competing for a title would make just to give them that extra little bit of steel and not assigning that a team that should really be in like a rebuild would sign. But yeah, um, if this is their last signing of the window, I'd give it like a B grade. But if they can combine Casemiro with another midfield signing, honestly, mm-hmm. that could that could really work out. Yeah. And also, one last thing for me for Casemiro. He's played alongside Cruz and Modric now for like running on 10 years probably at this point. Yeah. And he's never been forced to do a lot of the things that they do. Cruz is an insane passer of the ball. Modric is one of the most press resistant, best progressors of the ball that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So there's no saying that he can't do a lot of those things. Maybe he was just never asked, you know, like yeah. he's, he's very talented he might have aspects to his game that we haven't seen in a long time that Eric Ten Hag can give him the freedom to do if he sets up this system right. But Definitely. that's all I have for Casemiro. You have you got more for him? No, honestly, that's kind of it. I, I think we all know what Casemiro brings. It's just, yeah, I, I think it just raises the question, like, was it worth it? Right. Yeah, this probably won't be their last signing. It seems like they're kind of grasping at straws still at this point. I think so, they're still pushing for t- uh, Anthony pretty yeah. hard. Adam, is, is he? No, he's at Ajax as well. Yeah, and um, they want I think like upwards of like eighty million. I just think yeah. that'd be a way. Like I don't know if it's the, I, I doubt it's the prem tax. I feel like it's the prem tax on top of it also being United and like everybody knows how just, desperate they are right now. Yeah, and it's just like eighty million. I just it just doesn't sound like good business to me. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when the transfer window closes? Is it, it the end of the month? It should be the end of the month. It should be September like first. Yeah. Um, I think like sometimes you'll 
it's weird because sometimes like on the like actual date of the transfer sometimes like on espn or wherever like it'll say like september like third or something right like weird but i think because i think the premier league specifically it's the like you know you know it's 12 a.m september 1st yeah yeah that should do it and um I'm definitely seeing a few more big signings coming through that we're going to obviously cover, but yeah, I think that'll do it for, for transfers this week. If we wanted to slide right into some of these week three games that we've seen so far mm-hmm. um, for Saturday's games started off with a bit of a dud, almost a Spurs one Wolves zero, just kind of a typical Antonio Conte performance really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There wasn't much in this game. I didn't watch it. It was a six thirty. Start for us here in the uh, yeah. Midwest. I wasn't worth me getting up and watching that. So yeah, um, you got me messed up. You think I'm getting up at six thirty <laughs> to watch Antonio a- Conte ball? <laughs> yeah, I just. I mean, I'm sure it was probably a fine game, but those are just two very defensive sides. And um, I feel like if we did watch it, we wouldn't learn anything new. Like Spurs good, Wolves bad, pretty much. Yeah, another. Or moving on to the next game. Sorry about that. I was reading something. We have uh, a bit more of an exciting game. Palace 3, Villa 1. Um, Villa continue to be a bit disappointing this season, really, uh, when you consider the money they spent, the caliber of manager that they brought in. And Palace continue to be 100% the bright spot of the league so far, probably, uh, especially in terms of providing us with some crazy fun attacking sort of open games here. Um, what do you think about this result? Do you think – is this what you expected really or what do you think? Um, sorry. I'm thinking – as far as like the Palace game, this was the one that I actually um, got to watch. Uh, I made sure I watched this one. This one seemed to be the most exciting one. I rate both these teams like super highly. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, Villa just seemed like – I don't – I feel like it's tactically like – they're they're just lacking in a lot of different areas and they can't seem to like get a grasp of the ball like and Luca Dina has been like a really big disappointment so far this season like he's just really not gotten you know just like off off pace like he just can't seem to find consistency um it was a big shame that you know Diego um Carlos like the injury there like the big center back signing that was going to help bolster that back line yeah um regardless of that though this was definitely like a palace like them how their quality is as a team Eberici as a like he's looking fantastic Zaha's in the form of his life that back line of Mark Gahey and Joaquin Anderson is amazing those two guys just boss the back line and I think it was more Palace, like, having the quality than Villa, like, just being inconsistent and bad because they did have some, like, bright spots. Mm-hmm. But this Palace team is, is no slouch, man. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Zaha has just been on fire for the last 12 months. And, um, I mean, after all those years of him getting linked to moves to Arsenal, to Chelsea, to wherever else, it seems like he's finally settling down. Uh, accepting that Crystal Palace is his team and he's given him his all, which is really good to see. Definitely. You touched on Eze. He's just a joy to watch every time I see him. The way he runs with the ball, he just glides. And if he can stay healthy, I don't see a reason why Crystal Palace can't really keep up these performances. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Last thing to touch on for Villa, it just doesn't seem like they can get their best 11 figured out. Um, they got a bunch of new signings to bet in, and it's going to take a few weeks, I'm sure, for Gerard to figure it all out. It just, to me, feels like whenever they put an 11 out, it feels like they have a new way to play every single week. Mm-hmm. Like, there's new philosophies, little tweaks to the game. And to me, that just shows that they're still figuring it out. And there is definitely a chance that they do figure it out because they have a lot of quality players in every single position group on the field. And really, they should be performing a little bit better because if not for uh, that final 10 minutes against Everton, they could easily be winless through their first three. And this is a team that a lot of people uh, picked to challenge for the Europa League or Europa Conference League, whatever you want to pick out of those two. So I'm expecting a turnaround slightly, but to me, this is probably the team that has looked the most dry in terms of teams that should be looking better. Yeah, definitely. And, like, of course, like, there's going to be teams coming into the new season that, like, were expected to be, like, very good. And, like, they, they still will be good. I, I just, like, notice, like, some teams are just, like, just had a really slow start and it's only week three. So, like, right. you know, like, I, I keep, you know, using Arsenal as an example, but, like, Arsenal had zero points and were in 20th place without a goal through week three last year and they ended up in fifth. And, like, that's the same thing for, like, West Ham now. Like, they're goalless, winless through three. Like, they still can end up in, like, you know, Europe. So, yeah, it's not hit the panic button yet. But I think the thing with Villa, though, is, like, it's just they haven't been able to find consistency, like, the last year and a half. That's That's a concerning thing through – and, like, with Steven Gerrard and now with all their new signings. I mean, it's not like, you know, one of their new signings played – the full 90 and that was Babaku um, Kamara. And he looked like, I think he was one of the better looking players along with like Ollie Watkins. It's just mm-hmm. still that back line just is really unconvincing for me. Like Tyrone Mings and I rate Ezri Kanza, but Tyrone Mings to me just isn't good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all fair points. Good shouts all around uh, a team to look out for. In my opinion, Crystal Palace, if you have a free slot to watch a game for a weekend, they're always a great choice. Super Definitely. fun to watch. Mm-hmm. That'll move us on to Everton 1, Nottingham Forest 1. For me, I love watching Nottingham Forest because really what they seem to be doing is just giving the ball to Nico Williams and just telling him to just hoof it. And <laughs> it's kind of nice because it's it's not hoofball in the way that Burnley used to do it. It's like they just full send it whenever they get the ball, like everybody's chugging it. It's fun to watch. And Mm -hmm. I really like Brennan Johnson uh, there. I think he's probably 20 now at this point. Uh, He plays like a second striker type role. He's super fun to watch. This team is really fun to watch. They don't have the most quality on the field though. I'm not going to lie. I think there's going to be some games for this team where they just get blown apart. Um, Obviously, Everton's not going to be one of those teams. I will say um, Everton transitioning to a back three kind of left me a little confused. I get why they're doing it because they got Connor Cody in now. But to me, that's just not the way forward for them with all their attacking issues. But, you know, just uh, a pretty easy 1-1 draw. Most people would have saw this as a draw, I'm guessing, because... Mm -hmm. If we're being honest with ourselves, this this is two teams that are going to be battling for relegation more than likely at the end of the season. But did you see anything in that game that I missed? No, it was kind of a snooze fest through the first half. I mean, there was like glimpses here and there. um, But the last 10 minutes is really when it started um, 
blowing up. I believe, yeah, it was Nottingham Forest that took a really late lead, and it was it kind of seemed grim for um, Everton. But I think honestly, if you really watched it, the Everton side did look a little bit better, and I think Nottingham Forest will always kind of lurk like the weaker side. Yeah, but. You know, Everton, they had more chances. They did their thing. They were kind of playing off on the counter because um, I think that's just where they're they're best suited for now. Yeah. And, you know, Nottingham Forest, they did what they needed to do to get a point. And just I think as long as they just keep gathering points as much as they can, they can stay alive. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'll do for that game. Um Moving on to one of the more entertaining games of the weekend. It was Fulham 3, Brentford 2. Not a result I saw coming, at least especially after that Brentford performance against Man United. Mm -hmm. However, um, a really early opening goal for Fulham, and then Mitrovic continues to surprise. He slots one home real late to get them the three points at home. Honestly, this team is surprising me quite a bit. I thought they were... 100% 100% either the second worst team or maybe even the worst team in the league, uh, them and Bournemouth fighting it out for that mm-hmm. that trophy. But they've come out this season. It looks like they have a pretty solid way to play. They know what they're doing. And Mitrovic has just come out on fire, looking like he's trying to right all his wrongs from years past. What do you see in this game? You got any any little tidbits? Yeah, no, I think just like – and I, I think I mentioned this last week was like just Mitrovic really like being physical with that back line of Brentford. And he was. And like the, the goal that he was awarded was a header um, really late on, I believe from a corner. And – or it was either a corner or a late cross. I can't, I can't remember exactly. But, no, like Fulham went like full at – and matched Brentford's physicality. And I think um, not that Brentford really got tossed around, but in that first half, it was like concerning. It looked like it was going to be like a bloodbath within the first 20 minutes being two nil down. Um, But Frank has this team. Like, I still believe in Frank that like this result, I think was, you know, again, like Fulham are just playing on pure adrenaline right now, like being back in the prem. It was another home game. You know, the, the Fulham fans, you know, they're always, going nuts and you know i think going to fulham this year will be a difficult game for anyone and again i think this also just pushes the narrative that oh my god newcastle just scored a third oh. a trip here. no way what dude, a beauty what is going on dude this We'd is we'd love madness. to see this <laughs> yeah this and dude just the overall madness this first three weeks has been like this league like feels like it's just more open like Definitely. everything just seems like all the like smaller teams now that like they just they're playing at a consistent level now and like pushing these top teams around and they're not they're not scared like anymore to like play like Man City mm-hmm. like oh what a free kick oh my god wow dude that's as top fence as it gets holy shit wow what a free kick from like Kieran Trippier there and yeah three one at beauty. Home against the champions wow. It looked grim too. It was like okay, Gunawan scored a very early goal, and I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be a bloodbath. <laughs> like this is yeah. not gonna be good. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, and so, but um, I don't know. Back to back to Fulham Brentford. Uh, just overall the game, very fun watch. If you're neutral, um, tough lot or sort tough tough way to lose a point there for Brentford away. That would have been a nice point to grab. 
but after kind of coming out really poor, but, um, you know, Hey, big up Fulham and, you know, we might be looking at only one of the new promoted teams going down. So, um, I might have two new guys going down. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. That would be interesting. Uh, yeah, you pretty much covered everything on the head there for that one. We can slide right into, so that'll move us on to Leicester one Southampton two. um, Leicester, just seems like they can't really get it all going right now. I think when you combine the fact that they didn't refresh the squad at all with the uh, the Wesley Fofana little saga that's going on, I think there's just a lot going on with that team, and I don't I don't see them reaching the heights that they should when you consider the quality of player, especially when there could be one, maybe even two potential pretty big outgoings for this team. But Southampton, credits to them. They, they've looked decent this season when a lot of people had them being the surprise team to go down. So credit to them where it's due. But to me, this game is just uh, comes down to Leicester not having it all figured out right now. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think like Leicester not having like any new signings to refresh the squad. Like generally, like I think what's the saying is like if you're not if you're not trying to improve the squad, oh goal for Man City there, Erling Holland. Erling Holland. Holland there. Yeah, so three two. Holland's he's like See, I hear you, fans. I'll get you another one. <laughs> Go ahead. But anyway, yeah, this is definitely, I think, I, I don't know. I, it, to me, it seemed it was more of like Leicester City not playing up to the, the level that they can and the quality of players that they have. They didn't start um, Yuri Tillmans for the first time. They started, um, looks like they started a midfield of James Madison, uh, Dewsbury Holland, and Didi. Yeah. And, you know, with Wesley Bofana also not getting the start, it's just kind of crumbling in front of our face right now for Leicester. I don't think it's like relegation time, but if they don't, if they have a, they don't bring anyone in January either. I, I think it's going to be a very tough year for them this year. Definitely. And, I mean, but like, hey, kudos to Southampton. Everyone kind of wrote them off this year. Um, I know I did, but that was a very crucial three points that, that you know, can help them later on if like, they find themselves in a relegation battle. Um, you know, Che Adams coming on and grabbing the brace um, is a huge result for them. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, if Che Adams can bag, you know, 12, 15 goals a season, keep them up, I think that'd be great for them. They do lack in the goals a little bit. They mm-hmm. need somebody to step up. But definitely. that'll take us to Bournemouth 0, Arsenal 3. Another really, really good performance from Arsenal, specifically in the first half. Uh, the first half of the first half, actually, they just exploded out of the gates. A couple goals for Odegaard, who I had my team this season last year. Um, Gabby Jesus looking like signing of the summer potentially at this moment. Mm-hmm. It seems like whenever he picks the ball up and wants a goal, it seems All like through. Arsenal score a goal. Oh. Another one. Almost. Oh. That was close. Wow. Sorry. No, you're good. Oh. But, yeah, just another real solid a uh, real solid performance from the Arsenal, uh, a result you'd expect, but let's not pretend like Arsenal have always gotten these expected results in the last few seasons. So mm-hmm. uh, a promising sign for the future for them. No, definitely. And I think that was, it was good to get Odegaard, you know, going and he had a, a very nice first 11 minutes there with the brace. Yeah. Um, but dude, let's, let's talk about that William Saliba goal, dude. That was, yeah. that was just pretty dude just catches it on the left foot just just guides it into that right hand um right hand corner from where we were watching but it would be the goalie's left hand corner i mean just wow what a shot and like you can just 
like tell the quality that William Saliba has, and he's just been worth the entire weight. Like he was, he's just looking so great on the ball when like in possession, and then when he's defending, like his tracking back, his positioning, it, it looks it looks very special, and like he has a very special, like he has that like center back characteristics that you need to be special. And it's just really working out for the Arsenal right now. And, and like you said, like an expected three nil win, but Arsenal in the past and, you know, this might be a different Arsenal that we're looking at, but Arsenal there, you know, there's a year where this team comes in the Bournemouth and, you know, either gets a point or just out and out loses. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Very true. I think Ilkay Gunaguan just, or no, Bernardo Silva, I think just leveled it. Three, three. Dang. Yeah, pass from Kevin De Bruyne through. Yeah, I just like, I don't know, keeping this team down. I mean, what? It's a resemblance of last year being 2 0 down the Villa. They just find a way to win this team. They just fight back. And we got Kevin De Bruyne, the best player in the world. It's just hard to keep him down, but. That's true. I think we'll, uh, we'll move on to the Sunday games, try and get through some of those, and then. Uh, look towards week four. So we got Leeds three, Chelsea zero. Definitely the shock result of the weekends. This wasn't like a, a fluke three zero either. Leeds just outperformed them in every single way. Chelsea came out looking really, really flat. Um, it's it's fun to say that soccer won against football this <laughs> this uh, this game. I saw that on Twitter. Soccer <laughs> won this one. That's funny. I love that. But. Do you think this is indicative of anything about Chelsea for the rest of the season? And was this a one-off performance? What are you seeing? Uh, I mean, I think it raises the concerns that, I mean, not only myself, but just other people, I think we're thinking outside of the Chelsea organization. I think just offensively, they weren't at it. I didn't think Raheem Sterling would be enough for them offensively to, you know, like not compete at a, well, I guess, yeah, compete at a high level. Like not that, and that's not a slight on like Raheem Sterling or anything, but this team has just continually struggled offensively. And I didn't think someone like Raheem Sterling, which under the Pep system had a lot of help, I think, with a lot of his stats, was just going to be the answer. And and defensively again today, like it was just it just wasn't good enough. And Mendy had a an absolute shocker. Um, just like the narrative with him being in control of the ball, like distrib- like distributing things like that. Yeah. Um, and then Koulibaly getting sent off. It, it just was a really bad day for Chelsea at the office. I don't think it's going to reflect like a long-term season kind of um, slump, but I, I think this was just a really bad game and Leeds were just like on their day and Brandon Aronson just looked, oh my gosh. His, yeah, he's a fun he, little player. He looked rapid. He was, he was pressing and like, you know, it's, um, we march on, dude. We keep yeah. marching on. So yeah, Go. second in the league at this moment. We'll see how this uh, this Man City game plays out. But I think they must have heard that I had them relegated in my preseason <laughs> predictions because <laughs> yeah. they're not playing like I thought they'd be playing this year. Credit to them. Credit to Jesse Marsh. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll move us to West Ham 0, Brighton 2. Another <laughs> slightly surprising game for some people, I'm guessing, just based on the name. But uh, Brighton just looks so solid this season. West Ham haven't really gotten off the mark. And... Uh, you mentioned it earlier. That's that's not exactly uncommon. There's there's typically a team or two that takes takes until you know game week five or six to really find their flow. Yeah. I'm not worried about West Ham necessarily. Uh, this game to me is just more credit to Brighton for 
their continued success. I mean, they lose Kukurea, who was one of their bigger creators, and it just seems like they didn't have a single problem with that at all. They just get right back to it. Yeah, and, like, I think this is just another, like, game where I think people underestimate Brighton and how, like, good this team really is, ran under Graham Potter. And, like, if you – if you don't think Graham Potter is a top five manager in the league, I genuinely think you you don't know what you're talking about. Like systematically speaking, this Brentford side defends like as one of the it has one of the better defensive strategies in the league, playing right. kind of like that makeshift back five, back three, and like you know Tressard and like McAllister and like Danny Welbeck is like just they're just humming on all cylinders right now. And it's going to be, you know, hard going into Brighton and getting a result this year. Um, this team, I, I feel like they lost, you know, they lost Yves Basuma. They replaced him. Who is that? What's that bloke's name? I can't pronounce Caicedo. it. Caicedo. Caicedo. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of came it, into it was, the forefront. It was like like-for-like like switch. And, like, it, it's like they're not even missing anything. If anything, it's like they seem they got better, um, quite honestly. Like, and West Ham, like, if there's any West Ham fans that listen or just – whatever like arsenal were in the same position last year like you know it, it was looking horrible we we're like you know it was like everyone's like it's gonna be a relegation battle west ham is going to be fine like yeah once they figure out the attack once jared bowen starts hitting off um i, I feel like at some point you know skamaka is just gonna take that number nine slot because mikel antonio's just not really been it the last you know what nine or ten months Right. So, you know, that's why they brought in Skamaka. He's going to start, you know, developing a relationship with the other forwards. You guys have too much quality to be this low on the table. It, it's just going to take some time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. That'll. We have one more game going on this weekend. That's Newcastle City that's going on right now. Um, it's an absolute yeah. barn burner right now. Yeah, currently 3-3. We what time? What's the minute in it? All right, yeah, we'll probably swing back to that one. Um, did you want to do certified hot takes first, or you want to look at week four? Yeah, let's do, let's do the takes first, and then we can lead into just like all the other because like it's just like we have our predictions for like our certain predictions, and then we can just predict all the games in one. Oh yeah, yeah. Also, we got a Monday night football game, one of the bigger mm-hmm. ones of the weekend. We got United Liverpool at Old Trafford. Uh, there's murmurs that the fans of Man United are going to try and protest, make this game not happen. Not sure what's actually going to go on. <laughs> make it not. Ha- they're probably just scared to lose, maybe five nil. Yeah, but, I don't know though. This is yeah. uh, it's a tough one to call. What do you think happens? What do you what do you this, see? I, like I I can't get around the fact that this wouldn't be a Liverpool win, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I understand. I don't like that's the thing too is like I don't know if Casemiro is going to be playing. He's only been at the club for like two or three days, but I, I've seen he might come on late. Yeah. Oh, I don't and know that Ilkay, either. oh, close for Man City there. They almost grabbed a fourth. Oh, he was off anyway. But sorry. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I don't know. I just feel like Liverpool's quality right now, like they're still uh, a, a fairly consistent team. Whereas like Man United right now, I like. Due to the recent form, like I, I, I can't, I can't picture them like getting a result out of this game. Um, yeah, I think most people would be with you. I definitely see a Liverpool win. I think, I don't think this is the game that United 
take to sort of bounce back from what they're going through right now. There will be a game where they do bounce back slightly. but yeah, And I think that's next week, quite honestly, for them. Um, if they're like, looking for a result, I, I feel like that's their best, like, that that would be their best opportunity for this month to grab some points as of recent results, um, just based on the quality of Southampton and kind of where they're at with their manager. But it's just it's hard for me to not think that this is going to be a result for Liverpool. I just think Liverpool's quality, even still in the midfield, like I, I would I'd much rather have a midfield of Henderson, Milner, and Fabinho than right now than Bruno Fernandez, Eriksson, and you know, between a difference of Fred or McTominay. Like, I just think that there is, like, definitely levels to that midfield. As definitely. far as just, like... And I feel like this, like, Liverpool side has been super underwhelming lately. I feel like Klopp is going to get, like, all the guys together. And, we I mean, you know, Henderson, like, this is not... This is not acceptable as far as a start for Liverpool, nor for Manchester United. But I think just as the difference of expectations... Like, I feel like this is going to be a good game for Liverpool to get back on track. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, I don't see another poor performance from Liverpool. I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll definitely be covering that one next week, given our little insight, depending on how the game went. We'll either I'll either be happy or really pissed off. <laughs> but this is going to be the return of a fan favorite segment here. I'm looking forward to this one. It is no ball certified hot takes. They are back. We are going to be giving our predictions for week four later on, but this is more of just a general hot take. Um, yeah, honestly, I want to hear yours actually. Uh, man, uh, I'm sweating. These hot takes are so hot. Um, <laughs> so, it's going to be uh, four Spurs next weekend on Sunday, the last Sunday slate game. Uh, I got a draw on that one. I think Spurs will drop points to Forest. Uh, Forest have looked pretty like you know it's, they're they're starting eleven keeps to like keeps rotating and uh, you know they spent oh my god red card for. Hold up here. What's going on? I think Kieran Tierney, or not Kieran Tierney. <laughs> I think Kieran Trippier just got sent off. Like just a straight red? Yeah, straight red. I don't know. What? I don't even know. I don't know if he stopped the run of play. This is madness, dude. What is going on? I think he caught Kevin De Bruyne and just straight red for Kieran Trippier. Jeez. Oh, my God. He had the goal, put him 3-1 up. Let's see what he does here. Oh, yeah. He went high. Oh, my God. He didn't even go for the ball. Wow. That's another red card. There's been a lot of red cards this season so far. Yeah, damn. He just – yeah, studs up, up at the thigh. Oh, my God. He went for it. That's a Brexit tackle right there. It's Karen Trippier. (laughs) Well, this just got a lot worse for Newcastle. It was going to be a great day for them, but I don't know. I I can't see Man City not winning this game. Yeah, that's tough. It's just – the momentum has just completely swung now, but I think they're, I think they're checking the red card now. Yeah, they're VAR stepping in. All right, so your hot take is that will Spurs drop points here this weekend against Forest? Yeah, I think that you know Forest are like gonna be okay with Spurs, you know, just sitting back, and I I, I genuinely think that Spurs won't come out after Forrest, uh, quite honestly, just knowing how like Conte plays, like not saying that they won't have more 
possession because I still think they will. But I think just like the slow, methodical play will be in favor of Forrest because like they they want the game to be drawn out and long. They don't they don't want like I think they they want it to be slowed down so that they can get set up. Like yeah. they'll have like you know Spurs will have their chances. They'll probably dominate the game, but I don't know. Just recently, I just think Forrest have a really good chance of pulling away with some points here. It's another game at home for Forrest Spurs, you know, not having super convincing wins um, recently. And just like, I don't know. I, I, I could see Forrest grabbing a point out of this one. I think it would be a huge point for him. Yeah. Uh, I, I also think, have another one too, but continue. Sorry. I think the chaotic nature of Forrest and, and the fact that they're at home at that ground, that's so explosive. I think I could easily see this. That being true. Yeah, like, I feel like, I mean, it would be hard for them to, like, get a goal on the counter. But I think just with the, like, sh- like just the sheer will and things like that, it- it's, like, the-, the intangible things that are probably going to give them a point in this game. Like, the things that you-, you can't really, like, quantify. Like, I'm just, like, this is just going with, like, a, f- like a pure, like, just gut feeling that I have. All right, right on. What's your, what's your second one going to be? Um, and so this is for match week four, uh, not United's match week three game against Liverpool, but I think United will be tested away at Southampton, but I think that they'll pull through and get Ten Hag their first win on the season. Um, I think the Southampton side is still like lacking in a lot of areas. Um, and I think that like Southampton will probably even get a goal early, but I think this United side will will finally like get it together and finally get their first win on the year. All right, right on. That's pretty it's not really much of a hot take, but just more so like I just I, I felt like some people might think that United might might not get a like, you know, a point out of this game, but I, I still think that this will be the first game that Casemiro plays in. The defense will look a little bit better. I think yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. A couple good takes there from Benjamin. Uh, like I said, if you guys have any sort of suggestions for some hot takes, feel free to send them our way. Yeah, We're we'll um, to... we'll um, mention them on uh, on the pod too. So we'll read them out. Um, as for my hot takes, I was I immediately looked at that City Palace fixture. Um, it seems like every time oh. I see that uh, Palace are able to squeeze a result out, but I'm not all that confident this season's um i think i'm gonna go with the liverpool bournemouth one and i'm gonna say that liverpool uh hit six past bournemouth <laughs> six goals past bournemouth i yeah. <laughs> that could definitely happen that i see that and i also see uh city drawing with palace those are my two hot takes wow i was i was so tempted to like like give palace but it's it's at the eddie head or not the yeah Eddie-head. That's yeah. why. Yeah, is it the head yet? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I was mixing up the Emirates and the Eddie head. No, you're good. But like, since it's at home, I'm like, ugh, man, it's not. It's not my favorite. And like today's performance from City, like, almost makes me want to like go with it. But I st- like st- it's still City, dude. It's hard to bet against them. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, but that's why it's a a no ball certified hot take there. Uh, Liverpool slot and six path Bournemouth and Palace and City drawing. <laughs> I, I could definitely see it though. This Palace side, I think everyone's still underestimating this side. And I think Patrick Vieira as a manager now, like he's, he's definitely high quality. Right. All right. You want to run through uh, week four matchups, give our predictions here and uh, 
Yeah. See where we're at for the city game. So we got our city slate or city slate. Sorry. We have our Saturday slate starting off with Southampton United. I already went uh, two, or I went with the United win. I have United winning two, one against Southampton away. Um, what do you think, Scott? Yeah, I got the same exact result. I got United two, Southampton one. Mm-hmm. All right, sweet. That makes us uh, go to Brentford, Everton, Brentford at home. I think this is you know, like easy as you like. You want to give yours first? Yeah, I got Brentford three, Everton two. I think there's going to be a lot of goals in this one. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think Brentford will win though, and the score line is going to make it seem closer than it is. I think Brentford yeah. are going to be all over Everton. I think, yeah, I agree. I have um, less goals, so I have two one Brentford. I think, I think you can expect an Ivan Tony in that uh, Ivan Tony goal in that one. Um, he's been um, he's been having a really good start to the season as well. On fire, um, yeah. So um, look out for him. Uh, that brings us next to Brighton Leeds. I think this is one of the tougher calls of the weekend. Honestly, on Saturday, I think I'm gonna stay away from this game betting wise. I just yeah. I'm not not in love with this game. Both teams on fire. Um, but I do have Brighton squeaking out a win at home. I think lead side has still a lot of, a lot of things to learn. They had a great win this last weekend, but I think, you know, you know, Graham Potter's like just overall influence on the game and how he sets up his team. I think it'd just be too much for leads and the experience will, um, will get leads. So I got two, one Brighton. What do you think? I got Brighton to Leeds nil. I think this is going to be one of those games where Brighton just set up super well. And I think the youth of the Leeds team and the fact that they're still such a fresh squad means there's going to be some games where they can't get it all going. I think yeah. this is one of them. I think 2-0 to Brighton. Definitely. We're, uh, we're both in agreement there. Um, next one, Chelsea-Lester. Uh, this is another kind of hard one. I... I both teams not looking the absolute best. Uh, what do you got? I got Chelsea one, Leicester one. Um, Koulibaly red card is going to be tough. I think they're going to miss him a lot because that's going to mean, you know, one of the lesser guys like a Chalaba comes in. I don't think they'll be as solid at the back. Uh, J- James Madison, to me, has been looking fresh, looking good this season. I think he'll bag a goal. And I think... Um, I think Chelsea will answer. It'll be uh, Leicester will score first, but it'll be a one-one draw. All right, interesting. I have I have a little bit more faith in uh, Chelsea at um, Stamford Bridge. I think I think that they squeak out a win here. I think that it'll be like Chelsea kind of dominating. I think Leicester still. I mean, they kind of been rotating their defense. I still don't think they really know what they want to do. And like, yeah, again, this is the uh, Wesley Fofana derby. Here, so you know, I think whoever wins this gets to keep them. So gets to um, keep them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got Chelsea two, Leicester one. I think this last weekend they were just, they just weren't on their day, and I, I think that they'll start finally getting the finishing that they need to against Leicester. All right, good call, good shout. That gives us uh, Liverpool, Bournemouth. I think this is simple. I got <laughs> you got six nil, but I got I got three nil Liverpool. I think yeah. Bournemouth are kind of out of their depth. I think, you know, with Solanke kind of being out the first few weeks, that doesn't help. Um, and just overall, this Bournemouth team is just, uh, they just aren't, they just aren't good enough. They, they didn't sign enough. I think um, they're not, I don't think they have the uh, Nottingham Forest, you know, um, checkbook. 
Yeah, so 15 or 16 new signings. Yeah, so and like over they're like I think top 3 in net spent this summer, which is just madness from Forest that is, but yeah, this is just I think an easy you just pretty much give it the forfeit result, 3 now. Yeah. I I'm taking the 6. A lot of how I feel about this game is is dependent on how Liverpool look against Man United tomorrow. Uh, if they bounce back the way I think they will, I think six nil is possible. Uh, if they're still getting it going, I think three nil is, is probably the smarter bet if I was a betting man, but <laughs> I'm going six. Yeah, that's, six nil will be, I mean, you put $10 down. That's probably going to be like a thousand, 100%. There's, that'd be madness. Right. Um, in a payout, but, um, yeah, I know if you guys uh, got FanDuel or, I think I have I have both FanDuel and DraftKings and yeah and I think I I kind of I've been thinking about it doing like a betting segment. Um, you got some locks the last few weeks. Yeah, no, I yeah I've had some some good weeks recently. I had the Southampton win that got me that got me bank actually, and um, I had the Brighton win that one um, was playing out. I bet Man City to win, which would only like, give me like three dollars, but. <laughs> like yeah it's not looking not, i i need him to win for uh for it to hit but yeah regardless i think you know if you're um if you are a betting man just hit the six nil um score line and you know get a quick k send it yeah yeah <laughs> um regardless though uh that brings us to another um certified take from scott that gives us the city palace game you have a draw what do you got the score line i got two two i think I think when City draws, it's typically high scoring. Uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go three three. I'm going two two. Okay, I got I got City bouncing back after kind of this not so great week for them. Uh, I think they'll win three one at home. I think you know seeing that Palace away or Palace at home lost to Arsenal, and I know Arsenal in a very great form right now, but I just can't see much of a different result. I think three one. I think Saha will. Like, you know, make the back line of City, like, you know, he'll punish them for, you know, poor positioning or something like that. He's really great. They've been doing a lot of over the top, and that seems to kind of be like the Achilles heel of City so far. Um, But I just think the overall quality of City will dominate. So I got 3-1. Yeah, I like that shout. I mean, it's probably smarter, but a certified hot take wouldn't be fun if it wasn't really (laughs) stupid. Yeah, exactly. It's I actually I don't think it's stupid. I think that because anyone on their day in this league, I, I genuinely believe can beat anyone. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just like you know, you, if you ride the trends or something like that, and like we we've all what you know seen what Palace is capable of, and I, I think that they're uh, capable of giving City a run for their money. Um, right. But anyway, moving on, we got Arsenal Fulham. This actually, this one kind of stumped me. I, I still don't. Really know if I love my scoreline in this one, but I got right now. I got an Arsenal win. It's it's at the Emirates. Um, Fulham have looked strong, uh, but they've had some flashes where they don't look amazing. Um, Arsenal in the form of their lives right now. I don't know if this is the team that slows them down. Uh, so that Fulham defense, I'm not in love with. Uh, so yeah, I got an Arsenal win right now, two one. What do you guys got? I got 3-1 for the Arsenal. Uh, Fulham have looked exciting. They've looked solid at parts. But that attack of Arsenal just seems like, I don't know, a game where they wouldn't score three goals, it feels like to me. They've, yeah, they've just been right on now. fire. So I got 3-1 to the Arsenal. Okay. Um, well, 
That's a happy Saturday slate right there that moves us on to the Sunday slate of games, which starts us out with um, the relegation fodder as of right now, Villa West Ham. Uh, this is another tough one to call. Uh, both yeah. teams kind of out of form. Um, not in love with Villa lately. I actually might change it. I currently have it a draw right now, 1-1, but I think I might slide it to a 2-0 win for West Ham. I think West Ham finally get off the mark, um, finally get their season going. I'm not in love with the form of uh, Villa right now. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? I'm with you there. I got West Ham getting their bounce back result that they need to start the season. Uh, 3-1 to West Ham away. It's it's a bit of a, a hotter take, but I don't oh. see – I don't see where Villa. No, you're all good. I just don't see where Villa come with the goals here. Yeah, no, and like they they seem to be lacking goals right now. I know they have. Um, every team has glimpses, but it just it feels like Villa has the least glimpses right now of any kind of quality uh, going forward. They like just seem like they. I, I just, I'm I'm starting to feel like Gerard might not be the answer for them, and they he might not have the job at the end of the season. It's yeah, there's definitely keeps trending on like this. Definitely potential. Um, but then, so that is that for West Ham Villa. That brings us to Wolves at home hosting Newcastle right now. Newcastle had the great start today. Um, this is one of the teams that a lot of people are ranking pretty highly. Um, I think that continues. I don't think Wolves are in a great spot. I think Newcastle wins 2-0. Yeah, I'm with you. I got a 1-0 win to, to Newcastle. Wolves just defensively are still so solid. I don't see many goals in this game. Mm-hmm. Probably a bit of a snooze fest, but Newcastle get the three points, 1-0. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, and that brings us to the last game in match week four, which is for Spurs. You already know my prediction. I think it's yeah. the Spurs dropping points away. I got a Forest 1-1 draw to Spurs. I actually have a four no win for Spurs. A bit uh, a bit bit different than you, but it's yeah, uh a little bit. It's to me, Spurs are just gonna set up. Forrest aren't gonna have a clue how to break through there, and it's just gonna be hitting them on the counter quick over and over yeah. again. That's the way I see it. Yeah, I think I, I'm really like I think I'm upsetting some Spud fans right now. Yeah. Um, kind of slander, but I don't know. Being an Arsenal fan, I, I but I genuinely do think that with the game being slowed down, like a little bit, with you know Forrest probably having some time on the ball, and like at home, it, I just doesn't think it. I just don't think it like spells well. But yeah, I could be completely off the mark here, and it could be easily a blowout for Spurs. Um, yeah, I don't really see it going. Like, it's either the one extreme or it's the other extreme. I guess in like forest. Well, I guess wouldn't. Whatever. I think you know what I mean. Um, no, I know what you mean. But yeah, that's just what we got for that. And I think that wraps up. Yeah, that wraps up match week four. Um, but I want to get your thoughts on you know the Man City game right now is wrapping up. We're entering the 90th minute. It's currently three three with Man City has a corner right now. Um. Like, like, how? What have, what have you seen so far from Newcastle? What is it? What do you? Is it like a downfall from City right now? No, just not there. No, I mean the way City have been attacking in the second half. Some of these passes from De Bruyne. Um, I mean those will win you a game no matter what. But I will say, Newcastle kind of came out and showed that if you actually play Man City and you don't, you know, try and sit back and 
and eke a draw. Uh, if you come out and actually go at them, I mean, Alan St. Maximin had had Kyle Walker on toast at points in that first half. He just he was having his way. Callum Wilson looked lively. If you come out and actually play and and play your game and go at City, there's a chance. You know, they're not invincible. They're just a mm-hmm. really, really damn good team. Yeah, and, and ran very well. Yeah, and to me, I think teams in the, you know, like Newcastle, West Ham, that sort of range, you know, like, you know, top half but not challenging for Europe necessarily, mm-hmm. uh, challenging for top four. I think a lot of those teams could come out against some of the bigger dogs and actually come out and play. Mm-hmm. And like it, it's getting to the point where the quality of team isn't that huge. Like the gap isn't that huge. Yeah. But sometimes these teams will come out and not play their game against the bigger dogs because they don't think they can. Yeah. And I just yeah. don't see that as true anymore. Yeah. And like that's the thing. I think with like the teams like Burnley of like, you know, last year and they, they played that kind of, okay, like we'll sit back and we'll, we'll try and prevent them from scoring when they have you know, and they'll have like 20, 23% possession. And like, sometimes it did work for Burnley and that's what kept them in the league a lot. But eventually, you know, it comes back to bite you and like, you know, you're conceding. Oh my God. <laughs> I think what the Newcastle player just, just belts the ball against his teammates face <laughs> after Jeez. trying to clear it after the play was called dead. So he just, just blasted him. Well, time wasting. <laughs> yeah. That's how you time waste. You just blast the ball against your teammates face. I think Dan Byrne just ate one. Brutal. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing because, like, he actually might be seriously hurt. But, <laughs> but like, he damn, did. what was he thinking? Um, but, yeah, I think I – mean, and, and you've seen it, like, of other years, too. Like, with, I think, like, what was it, Spurs versus Newcastle? Like, years ago, it was the last day, and it was, like, 5-1 um, Newcastle or or – crystal Palace or something like that and that was the years that both those teams were like kind of they were not very great yeah and so i think just the the in terms of quality as far as like just like strategically and just also just like around this league in general like anyone on their day can win a game against anyone and quite yeah. honestly and i think you know the big boys as of late haven't really been looking like you know the big boys that they typically do like it's this is i think we're out of the like centurion area like where like you have to win 100 points to like win the league now i think this is going to be a very close end of the season here where it's going to come down to the last day again between maybe like three or four teams now looking at it so um you know just depending on what those teams are and like you know where everyone ends up i think we're going to see some new faces pushing to the top yeah i'm with you there uh are we going to see the end of this game what is the minute at right I now i think it's at the 90 entering the 94th minute but with dan burn getting hurt i don't know if he's going to add some time here but i think i mean i think we've seen enough to really yeah, definitely. justify what what happened in this game and it really was i i think you even said it that you know you you did say it yourself like you know newcastle didn't sit back they were you know, it looked like at some points where, you know, Man City could be up, you know, 3-0 like super early on. But like Newcastle took their chances and, you know, ran up and down the pitch. And it was very back and forth. And, you know, at, at one point in this game, it was 3-1 and it looked like it was almost done and dusted. But I mean, it's just the absolute quality of Man City. Just it, it's hard to keep them down, dude. Like 
like you know we said earlier, this team is there's a reason why this team has been as great as they are, and it's because they get into these situations sometimes where it's not looking great, and they they find a way to fight back, and but they're also you know good enough to just be up three or four nil you know, yeah. within the first like 30 minutes. So exactly. that's why this team has been so successful, but um, you know, Hey, big up to Newcastle. Everyone's kind of been high on them this year and they've, they've looked great so far. Yeah. I'm with you there. I think that'll just about do it for this episode though, for me at least. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely looking like a very promising premier league season. You've said it. Anybody can beat anybody. The, the top half of the table might be slightly more open than we were expecting for sure this season, mm-hmm. but yeah, we got the we got Casemiro United. That's big news. We went through some week four. We got our certified hot takes back, and uh, we're looking forward to match week four. Definitely. I think that'll just about do it here for us at No Ball Podcast. I'm your mm-hmm. or wait <laughs> wait hold up. I'm your host Scott, <laughs> joined by my good friend Ben here. Uh, ben, yep. you want to send us off? Yeah, this is No Ball Podcast. I'm Ben. I'm Scott. Hey, we'll see you around. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of No Ball Podcast. Ben and I would like to thank you for your support and invite you to follow us on Twitter and TikTok at NoBallPod to give us feedback and send in suggestions. Catch you around.